0: listening dog media this episode is brought to you by paramount plus get in loser mean girls is now streaming on paramount plus join katie heron as she meets the plastics and tina fey's new twist on the modern classic get ready for more of the rumors backstabbing and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises rated pg-13 wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free
1: Hill is Real podcast with Abby Eastwood and Debbie Mac.
2: Hello and welcome to the Hill is Real podcast. I'm Abby Eastwood and I'm Debbie Mac. And today
0: we are joined by Dr. Rankin, who is a surgeon from Florida who is very well known within the American BII community. He's been practicing for 19 years, but made the decision to be an explant only surgeon four years ago. Welcome to the Hill is Real podcast, Dr. Rankin.
1: Hi, thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Can you tell us what led you to the decision, first of all, to become explant only and not put the implants into women anymore?
1: Well, I've been in private practice for close to 20 years. And like many of my colleagues in plastic surgery, I started doing everything, plastic reconstructive, cosmetic trauma, evolved into a cosmetic practice where I was implanting Um quite extensively along with uh, other plastic surgery procedures but I just started to notice a subset of women wanting their implants out and um, after doing more and more explanting and seeing positive outcomes um, in my patients from a health perspective I said there's really something to this Um, and it kind of just spiraled to the point where I'm just focusing my practice on explanting and helping women and I'm not implanting anymore.
2: So when you said you saw a group of women wanting their implants out, was that because they were feeling poorly or was it also because they just didn't like their implants anymore?
1: Well, it's definitely a combination, but I would say the majority of the patients that I do are feeling poorly and they've been searching for answers about why their health is deteriorating. They've been from doctor to doctor, specialist to specialist and and really get no answers and oftentimes they find information on breast implant illness, and it's almost like their last resort. It's a leap of faith. Um, but fortunately, it, it's had such positive outcomes, um, which led me to become a strong believer in this.
0: And from your experience, what are the most common symptoms of breast implant illness?
1: Well, there's quite a large extensive list um, You know, some of them we have to, in the medical community, you want to always practice or try to practice with evidence based medicine. So um, we're working on that. But if you look now at the Food and Drug Administration in the United States, they finally recognized breast implant illness and they list um, currently about 10 symptoms we see on a regular basis. Symptoms like anxiety and joint pain, skin problems, autoimmune susceptibility. Um, But I see a lot of hair loss, um, depression in some women. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, And I've seen a lot of these symptoms subside in the the great majority of the patients that I do an explant on.
2: Do you have any sort of standout stories of uh, a client that came in who had really debilitating symptoms and after you explanted her, the recovery was just incredible?
1: I've had a, a, a ton of women that say that um, you know on my Instagram site it's kind of a place where women talk about their stories and some of the stories are, are um, quite quite heart-wrenching um, women that can't go to work can't get out of bed um, have spent thousands and thousands of dollars on doctors and they're their lives do turn around and uh, those are the stories that are really miraculous and um, you know it's, it's why I continue to do this.
0: I saw a story this morning actually um, I think I'm sure she said that she'd only had them in for three months she was celebrating her one year explant anniversary and I'm sure she said that she'd only had them in for three months is, is that right do you remember the story that I'm talking about?
1: Um, yeah, you know, some patients feel their health deteriorating right away and, um, other patients have implants in for 20, 30 years and feel fine. So we don't really know the exact pathophysiology or mechanism of breast implant illness or who's going to be affected and who's not going to be affected. Um, I think that it's important to get the information out there that if a patient is having symptoms or problems, this is on a differential diagnosis as a possibility that it's the breast implants causing the problem.
0: Do you have a theory as to why some women like me react straight away and others have them for years before getting any symptoms?
1: Well, an implant is a foreign body and we know when you place it inside you know, a person's chest cavity, the body sees it as foreign and forms a capsule around it. Everybody talks about the capsule, but that's what it is. It's the body saying what is this? I don't like it. I'm going to try and wall it off. So it forms a capsule. And, um, I think there's a lot of different crossover in patients, physiology, genetics that dictates who's going to react and who's not going to react. Everyone does form a capsule. Some women form a soft, tiny paper, thin capsule, and some women form an eggshell capsule of, of complete rejection. Um, So there's a lot of different theories floating around out there. Um, I think it's, it has to do with a foreign body. It may do be due somewhat to the um, substances that the breast implants are made out of. Also, also there's different surfaces of the implants. There's textured, there's smooth. um, There's a lot of different proprietary um, ingredients depending on the implant company. So these are things that are being studied and evaluated and hopefully we will come to some type of conclusion in the future where we can say this person is going to react, this person's not going to react and here's why.
2: Speaking about the capsules, um, what's your theory on taking the capsules out in your practice? Because here in the UK, some surgeons think that it's important and other surgeons say that it's actually not that necessary.
1: Well, there is a lot of controversy in the medical community about capsule removal Um, In my practice, I do it. There's um, some patients have development of very rare cancers around the implant in the capsule. So um, there is BIALCL, which is lymphoma type cancer that is seen rarely in women. And now there's some reports through our FDA about a squamous cell cancer with a much higher uh, morbidity and mortality rate that's formed in the capsule. So. That those are two good reasons to remove the capsule. Also, again, it goes back to the mechanism of action of breast implant illness. And a lot of us think that the capsule has a lot to do with the problems that women are experiencing as much as the implant. So if you just go in and remove an implant without removing the capsule, I don't think that that is going to heal um, every woman with BII.
2: And also what we need to remember with... Um the difference between the US and the UK is in the US, you have to have insurance to get any form of medical treatment. Whereas obviously over here in the UK, we're very fortunate to have the NHS compared to paying uh, the insurance that you have to pay over in the States. That must affect women who are constantly going backwards and forwards to the doctors to try and find out what is wrong with them.
1: Absolutely. It's... um a tremendous amount of money out of pocket for many of these women and oftentimes with no answers. So I've, I've had women that have, um, seeked out 10 different specialists. You know, they're seeing, uh, hematologists, rheumatologists, general practitioners, uh, naturopath doctors and blood work comes back normal. Tests come back normal and everybody says you're fine. And for many, many years, the patients were told, well, here's some anti, you know, um, depressant medications because it's all in your head Um, so on top of the financial component um, there's the disregard of a lot of these women's symptoms which are hopefully changing um, as we speak
0: And you do hear that some of those women do raise concerns saying, is it my breast implants? And a lot of the medical professionals are saying, absolutely not. It will be nothing to do with your breast implants because we've all been told they're so safe.
1: Yeah, that's completely true. And I think that a lot of doctors, including a lot of plastic surgeons, it's not that they're outwardly lying to patients. It's what they truly believe. And I think part of what we're doing is, is getting education out there um, and kind of changing the narrative a little bit um, to the realities that we're seeing. You know, I do five, six hundred explants a year right now. And the majority of my patients, I'd say 85 percent plus feel better, feel healthier after explanting.
0: I did actually um, see a statistic the other day that said 350,000 cases of BII were reported to the FDA over the past decade. That is crazy, isn't it? That is a huge amount.
1: It, it is a large amount. And I think there's been a lot of um, underreporting with complications with breast implants, with implants in general uh, within the medical community. So I don't think I don't think that the consumer has a really good hold on the actual statistics um, You know, most women with implants have been told in some cases they're lifetime devices, there's no problems, um, when in reality, you know, you have to take these into consideration when you're choosing to do any type of elective procedure on yourself. You want to know the risks, benefits, alternatives, potential complications, um, and then you can make a really informed choice.
2: Do you find um, that some of the women that come to you are concerned about what they're going to look like after their implants have been removed? And that's a real worry for them.
1: 100%, you know, not every woman, but most, because why do women get implants? It's to feel better about themselves. And now, you know, oftentimes they love their implants and it's the last thing that they want to do is remove them. And there are a lot of challenges aesthetically when you remove an implant. You can't, um, unfortunately, get a wonderful result on every patient. So we always weigh in. The pros and cons from a health standpoint, from an aesthetic standpoint, through consultation, you can get an idea usually of um, the, the potential outcomes, but it's, it's a big deal. It's a very emotional decision, um, but for some women that are having a multitude of health issues, they really feel that they have no other choice.
2: If there was an, an American woman listening to this now who's contemplating having her implants removed, but very concerned about what it's going to look like afterwards, do you offer any other options for her to have additional procedures done, for example, fat transfer or an uplift that can help her fall back in love with her body again?
1: Yeah, I often do a breast lift at the time of explant. It's patient specific. And we decide that just through um, clinical consultation. Um, Fat grafting is something that I do, um, and there's many other doctors that do that. Some specialize just in fat grafting, which can add some volume after if there's a depression or an area that needs revision. it's It's a tool that we have that can add more volume, fill in certain areas. I don't do it at the time of surgery. I always wait six months for the patient to heal. But yeah, there are additional tools that we can offer to um, try and assist with aesthetics.
0: A lot of the stories that you see, well, the stories that I've seen on your Instagram page mainly are of the women who have explanted, but they have totally fallen back in love with their bodies after the implants have been taken out. I think if you get so, so ill with breast implant illness, just to feel better again and to feel like you again, um, it kind of yeah, it just, it just makes up for the fact that you haven't got big boobs anymore and you just start to appreciate your body anyway. I know that's how I feel.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think that there's a, a strong push, um, at least here in the States, I don't know about you guys over there, um, of being more natural. Um, I think not having a foreign body. And you look on even on TV right now, um, smaller, more natural breasts are, are being more promoted by our a- actresses which I think is good for, for the young girls. Um, I have two daughters myself. They know what, what daddy does. Um, so I, I think that just goes back to education. But yeah, I think more natural is, is a good thing for women.
2: Are you seeing within your industry in the States that breast implant illness is more recognised and more accepted by your peers? Because we're definitely hearing from our surgeons over here in the UK that there's definitely been a shift in the right direction?
1: Um, I think we're getting there. There's still a lot of my colleagues that are very outspoken against BII, um, particularly, you know, doctors that augment quite heavily. Um, They may not believe, but I don't think they want to believe because it's really a paradigm shift in the way we practice plastic surgery here in the States. So I think that social media has really been a good friend to women because... They can educate within their own experiences without the outside interference of, um, you know, the powers that be that try to dictate um, from a financial perspective sometimes.
0: Do you think that it could all go full circle in the sense that the silicon implants were obviously taken off the market in the 90s and were not put back on the market until 2006. Do you think we could, if the movement is strong enough, do you think we could get to a point where that would happen again with them being taken off the market?
1: Well, I don't know if we'll get there. Um, I, I think that we'll get to a point of better informed consent So, you know, there's a lot of things in life that aren't quote unquote good for us, but adults can make an informed consent whether it's the right thing for them to do. And breast implants don't adversely affect a lot of women. You know, some women go a lifetime or many years with the implants and they love them and they do great. It's just the women that don't, those are the women that need care. Um, So I don't think that they'll go away, but I think that we'll have a more informed consumer, um, people making choices based on what what risks they're willing to accept.
2: I think you're definitely right with that, because when I first had uh, breast implant illness, it obviously was very new and a lot of women then were, you know, Breast implants should be taken off. Um, the they They shouldn't be allowed because all women are getting sick. Whereas now what we're realising years on, rolling on, that not all women get sick. It isn't everyone. It is just a select few. Very similar to if you're a smoker, you may end up getting cancer, you may not. And so I just think you're right. The informed consent is definitely the way forward and for everybody just to be very aware of what they're walking into.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a point very well taken.
0: And do you think that the surgeons over there are actually telling women about the black box warning? Because if they're not, they're obviously not going to see the box that the implant comes in. So therefore, what is the point of it?
1: Right, no, you're 100% correct. Um, And I think that that's an important point that, again, patients need to be told. And there's certain stipulations that we want patients to be informed about, you know, they should be informed about uh, substances that the implants are made from. They should be informed about monitoring their implants post-operatively. The new recommendations for silicone implant are an ultrasound or MRI at year 5-6 and then another ultrasound or MRI every two to three years thereafter. Are, are they willing to go through those steps, um, which is a lot, to monitor their implants post-operatively also?
0: And how often do you think they should be changed? If a woman is not suffering any symptoms and is fine, should she just carry on or should she change them anyway?
1: Well, my personal feeling um, before I stopped implanting was a woman with silicone about every 8 to 10 years should have them at least exchanged. Um, A patient with saline implants, if they're not having issues, um, you can just monitor and follow because if a saline implant ruptures, what happens? The breast goes small very quickly, and that, that's the way to determine that it's ruptured. Silicone implant, implants can rupture within the body, and, and you just don't know. Um, so that's that's the reason for being proactive with monitoring and exchanging on the on the more uh, front front side.
2: You mentioned about the ingredients in implants. And I know it's something that I looked into all those years ago, trying to find out what was in mine, because it was a big thing then that you would have toxicity from them. Is that something that now is widely known, what makes up a silicon implant and the chemicals that are used?
1: Um, Yes, more or less. There's um, some lists now that will be given to the patient with the ingredients that are in the implant. So with the new FDA recommendations, you can go and, and These things are now published. Yes.
2: That's amazing. Because years ago, you actually couldn't find anything. (laughs) There was nothing at all. It was as if it was the big, dark secret of the implant world.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. So there's been more transparency. And I think there's a push for more transparency. I mean, you're putting this substance in your body, you, you have the right to know what it's made of.
0: Yeah, I, I think we're the reason that we're doing this podcast is obviously to raise awareness, but not just for those women that are, um, are suffering badly from breast implant illness, maybe also to raise awareness for those women who may be suffering low level symptoms and not actually realise that it is to do with their implants if they have got fatigue, which obviously could be put down to menopause or brain fog. And they are just feeling they're not living their best lives, maybe by listening to all of these facts they could make a decision that well maybe I'm, I'm not that bothered b- about my boobs anymore I'll get them out and I see if I feel any better and then we could have helped people out that way.
1: Absolutely and it's just education and dialogue and you know teaching patients um, other other ways of thinking about their health.
0: Well hopefully the movement will grow and grow and uh, for those women who are not suffering from any effects from their implants excellent they can just carry on as long as they are changing them every 10 years or so depending on whether they're silicon or saline but um yes hopefully it will help some people out and you have obviously helped out by coming on to talk to us today thank you so much
1: yeah it's my pleasure thank you for having me the heel is real podcast
2: Thank you to the lovely Dr. David Rankin for joining us today. Um, but before we go, uh, we've been asking you to contact us with your stories on our Instagram page at uh, the heel is real podcast. And we've had one from the lovely Lorraine. Um, She says your podcasts are brilliant it's great more and more awareness is getting out there I suffered for five years not knowing what was wrong seeing doctors physios osteopaths etc the list goes on I didn't have a clue about breast implant illness until a friend found out about it then the penny dropped I joined all the Facebook groups and now six weeks post-explant op, I couldn't be happier. It's the best thing I've ever done, getting those toxic bags out. Can't thank you enough for what you're doing, getting the message out there. And now I help all the women on the Facebook group too, which is so nice. I'll oh, thank you, Lorraine, for getting in contact with us. And if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can too. Just pop over to at the Heal Is Real podcast on Instagram and drop us a message.
0: And on the next episode of The Heal Is Real, we'll be talking to my breasting Carly Donovan. She's my Breastie because we met each other on the Breast Implant Illness Facebook page back in June of this year. And we basically saw each other through our explant journey. She explanted less than two weeks after I did, after having her implants in for eight years. My
2: mood swings were all over the place. Like, you couldn't say anything to me without me snapping at you. And I was I was horrible. I was a disgusting human being because I was just, I was just so... I don't know. I just felt so like useless. I felt useless because I couldn't do any of the things that I used to be able to do. Like I've gone from competing five, six, um, and working out five, six days a week to not even be able to walk my dog in the morning. <laughs> like mm. it's ridiculous. Yeah. So join us next time on the Heal Is Real podcast.